I didn't even know it was Pastor Appreciation Day. I, that that was that that was a blessing. <clears throat> All of a sudden, I saw this big box coming out of the back. I was like, "What is he doing with the box back there?" <clears throat> it was for me. So that that is great. I, I appreciate everybody. Um, you know, one of the things about ministry is the fact that you know I didn't I didn't start this ministry because I thought that I was great at it. Okay, I just want y'all to know, there are times I go back and I listen to my own messages and I go, good Lord, why are y'all even here? You know, and you know, the Lord told me a, a while back, back when I was going to Karis Bible College, he said, he said that it's not about me. Okay, I mean, there's a lot of churches that it's about the pastor and they're dynamic and they're great, but it's about you. And it's about the families that God is going to bring here. And it's about the people that are going to come together. And we are teaching the Word of God. You know, we're teaching the full Word of God. We talk about the Holy Spirit. We, we demonstrate the Holy Spirit. We lay hands on the sick. You know, it's kind of funny because people are like, well, do you believe all that? Yeah, well, why don't we have like services dedicated to those kind of things? It's because the Holy Spirit moves as He wills, Right? And y'all move as y'all will. I'm just going to be honest with you. You guys are the ones that come and y'all do, y'all do, you know, hey, I want to interact with the Holy Spirit. Well, the Holy Spirit will interact with you. And I say all this because I want you to know that, that we're here as a church body to be here for each other. The Holy Spirit is here. We're teaching the full gospel of the Word of God. I mean, we, we go, you know, you may go to certain churches and the book of Acts never even taught, you know. And this is one of the reasons why I, I want it to be something that you guys are in on it too. So, you know, this morning, I and I want to pray for Audie because she's got strep and the flu. Uh, that's Brock and Shay. I don't know if Shay's daughter. And, um, you know, the first thing I asked was, did you lay hands on them? You know, we need to be in agreement and laying hands on people and letting the power of God, because it says that those who believe shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So we're, we, they laid hands on her, but we're going to get in agreement with that, okay? Everybody bow your head. Father, we come to you in Christ Jesus' name. We pray over Audie right now. I thank you, Father, that her, um, that her flu symptoms and strep, Father, that it is gone right now in Jesus' name. We just thank you that we're in agreement with Shay and with Brock and that she is perfect and healed and whole in Jesus' name by Christ Jesus' stripes. She was healed, so if she was healed, that means that in present tense form, she is health. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, I'm going to go ahead and get it started. I'm kind of wrapping up the love the love series. I didn't even realize that it was going to be a series. The Lord just kept putting love on my heart. And you know, the thing is that sometimes I know, hey, I'm going to be teaching on love for quite some time. And I've got tons of messages that I've done on love over the past like seven or eight years. But you know that the Lord just keeps telling me that there are opportunities. There's opportunities for us to love and be loved by him. And see, I think too many times we look at our circumstances. We look at the things that are going on around us. And we want to love each other 
the way that we're loved. Well, today I felt really good, so I'm really happy. How many people's work with people like that? Man, you know they're having a good day. It's written all over them. It's like, woo, it's good to see you today. And then if they didn't have a good day, get out of my way, kid. You know, this is, the, this is where we, we have our failings is that that's not love. And that's not the way that we love each other. See, I choose you and you choose me because we choose each other. There's no circumstance that comes around. And by the way, if y'all are cold, let us know. We'll, we'll turn it off in the back here. But I'm not cold. I'm going to tell you straight up. This morning, I thought I was about to have a, a come apart. I, I had a hissy fit. Okay, let's just say that. I was, I, Heather said yes. I was like, we're going to turn this stuff off. The heat's got to go off. But anyway, I just want you to know that the love of God and the way that he loves us is he chooses us no matter what we did. Praise God. I mean, you can do something bad yesterday and God's not going, well, I'm going to be mad at you for three days. I have a three-day rule. You mess with me, I got a three-day rule. I know people that you'll, you'll have a tiff with them and it's like weeks. Well, God doesn't work that way. He doesn't love that way. And see, God doesn't want us to love that way either. He wants us to love because we chose each other. Now, do I have to be happy with everything that you did? The answer is no. There is no, there, there is no love equals happiness. That, that doesn't work that way. And you go, well, I want to love people and be happy about it. Well, then just get your happy pants on. It, happiness is about you. Emotions are about you. You get to decide if you're happy today. You get to decide if you're sad today. You get to decide everything. And you also get to decide to choose to love people. And see, those are the things that we have to understand as we're going through life is that we're not always going to be happy with people, but I choose them. You know what? I said this a couple weeks ago, and I think this is, I think this is a, something new to most people. We are supposed to choose people, and then we like them. See, a lot of times we're looking for somebody that we go, oh, I really like that person. Look, look, at, look at what he's doing, or, or I want to do that too. Maybe it's a motorcycle, or they shoot guns, or they whatever. And it's like, I'm going to go find that guy, and I'm going to go be his friend. Because he did something that I liked, right? But see, you don't know who they are. You don't know how they've, what they've grown up in. You don't know, I mean, you may find out five minutes after you doing something with them, that they're a racist weirdo that, you know, wants to blow up the world that thinks it's flat. <laughs> and then you got to go, how do I get out of this relationship? Because I don't really like them. You know, th these are the things that we have to understand in life is the fact that I choose people that can come and be around me. And they choose me to be around them. There's plenty of people that I choose that don't choose me. Plenty. There's plenty of people that you will choose that don't choose you. And you know what? You need to be okay with that. And you need to keep your chooser open. How many people know what keeping your chooser open is? It's that, well, they walked away from me. My God, I, I'm just not going to forgive them. They, they should have, 
when I extended my choice out to them, they should have extended it back. Now I'm just going to be upset at them. No, no, no. You extend it out, and if you want to choose them, you keep choosing them until they choose you. See, every time I talk about this, I always I, I can hear it. I can hear the Holy Spirit saying, some of them think that when they do something bad to you that you're saying that you're supposed to choose them anyway, right? And the answer is, is that I can choose you, but I don't have to trust you. It's a little bit like this. If somebody says, hey, I'm, I've been around a thief. You know, I've been around people who have, have committed crimes. I've been around people who have done some weird stuff. Known about it. You know what? And we, when we were in Karis Bible College, those people that this was the number one thing when we talked about love was people would go, well, this person hurt me. Well, I'm not saying that you give them the key to your house. I mean, let, let's be honest about it, okay? There's people that I'm not going to give my wallet to. But I'll go up and talk to them and I will have a relationship with them. There's people that I talk to that I wouldn't get around my family, like by, by themselves. I wouldn't say, hey, can you keep my kids? See, this is what I want you to understand is that love is a choice and I get to choose people and I get to say, hey, I'm going to let you be in and I'm going to be out. And it's not some weird, oh, I just love you. That's not love. Love is I show up and they show up and we show up and we talk. You know, I will tell you this. The more and more I know people, the more and more I like them. Why? Because I know more about them. There may be something about you that you're like, well, hey, every time I talk to you, we always hit the brick wall of we get, can't get past the, the how's the weather type of conversation, right? But then all of a sudden I find out that you did something in the past and I go, oh, that's cool. And we have a conversation about that. See, love says, I'm going to still choose you. I'm still going to be around you. I'm still going to talk to you. And we're going to have a great time. And guess what? As we're doing all that, we're going to find things that we like about each other. See, that's where the world has flipped all this stuff upside down. Is that they're like, oh, you got to like everybody that you love. And you go, well, I, I don't like everybody. Then people stop loving everybody. You step on me one time and, and all of your trust is gone and I'm just not going to choose you anymore. And see, this is one of the problems that we have in our society, and you see it every day. If you turn on the TV, you see people who say, oh, you said something that I didn't like, so I'm, I'm canceling you. That means that I want, I want to know that you're hurt. How many people have known people who was like, I, I want to hurt you through my words, through my actions, through everything? Anybody? You know, Everybody in here has known people that are like that. That they say something to try to hurt you. Or they say something to try to get you off guard. Or they may even go behind your back and try to jeopardize your job or jeopardize your other relationships. And see, this is the problem that we have is that when we choose each other, we're going, you know what? Yeah, this person, I don't trust them at all. That means I can go and actually have a conversation. 
you know, I had this happen to me not too long ago at work. And I'm not even on my message yet, so just letting y'all know, all right? But I had this happen at work where I knew somebody, I didn't trust them. And I went and told a few people that I trust and said, hey, this person typically runs their mouth. Just want you to know, if they're coming and saying crazy stuff, you just need to understand that. I said, I don't have anything to, to, I'm not speaking against them. I'm just letting you guys know. And sure enough, this person did do that, right? But there's nothing wrong with trying to go protect other people. I can still choose person X and also protect person Y from person X. You go, Dusty, how does that work? I just keep showing up. I keep having conversations. You know, I've seen plenty of times where the, the guy that was the, that was the bad guy, the, the one that had all the problems, where the more you showed them love, the more they started changing. They started taking feedback. They started, and it's, you know, you need to be able to speak the truth in love, okay? So you go and tell person X, the guy that's always doing the bad thing, you go and tell him, hey, what you're doing right there is harmful to you and it's harmful to other people. But I still choose you and I still want to have a relationship with you. But the more you do that, the more I don't trust you. So we're going to have a barrier where we can't get close and be like with each other. Does that make sense to everybody? Amen. I hope so because I think a lot of times when we say, you know, love your brother as yourself, that that's the greatest commandment that a lot of times we get ourselves into a pickle and we go, I don't like that person. And we need to love people, but we also need to speak the truth and we also need to not trust everybody because trust does not equal love. All right? Amen? Amen. Amen. So today we're going to talk about no fear, no love, no love, no fear. It's kind of a catchy flip-flop phrase here, but... You're going to see here in a minute that perfect love does cast out all fear. We're going to get into that into that here in just a minute. But this is one of the things that people need to understand is that God of the Old Testament, God of now, he was the same God in both in both ways. We were different. Me and you were different. You know, I think I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. How many people remember before you got saved? I do. Do you know that before you got saved, you were, you were a lot like you are today, except you didn't have the Holy Spirit going, eh, stop it. See, this is one of the things that we need to understand when we, when we go through our life, is that we need to understand who God is in our life and what He does, and that's what we're going to talk about today. So I'm going to set a baseline. We're going to talk about negative and positive fear, all right? So fear is a catalyst for knowledge. And this was an Old Testament idealism because fear had two connotations in a particular uh, Hebrew word, yara. And it says here in Proverbs 9.10, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the wisdom of the holy is the understanding. See, what we have to understand is that God is saying that if you fear Him, 
that you will get, gain some sort of wisdom. People go, well, should I be scared of God? So there's a difference between being scared of God and being afraid or having reverence. In fact, this word, when you look it up in the Strong's, it says it's reverence, especially when concerning God, or it's negative, it's dread. And this word is used in both connotations. It's, it's like when it's talking about God, it's talking about being reverent towards Him. And I went and looked up the word reverent in... Um, Reverence in the Webster Dictionary, and it says, implies profound respect mingled with love. Do you know that that is an understanding that we need to have about our relationships with God? Is that we can't just love God, well, I chose God today, but I also need to respect Him. I don't need to lie to Him. You go, well, I don't lie to God. Well, you know, God sees everything, so you better be truthful about everything that you say to Him. You know, most people, I, you know, I, I pray, I, st- I have to stop myself from praying this way sometimes, but I'll say, Lord, this has been a rough week. Lord, really help me to understand what I'm supposed to be doing, where I'm supposed to be going. And I, I have the Holy Spirit. I, I, can, I can hear him in my knower. He just goes, he says, if you would just do what I told you, you'd be all right. Do you know that a lot of times... I want to do the easy thing. And God says, you can't go do the easy thing. Go talk to these people because they can help you. See, I pray about a lot of the stuff that I do. I was, I was talking to JR a few minutes. You know, I've got this GridX thing. It's a, it's a nationwide tabletop exercise for cybersecurity that's coming up on the 14th and the 15th. And I've been planning this for 18 months. Okay? So I, I am... I am like in the midst of party planning. I've got 350 people that I got to figure out where they're going to be. How are they going to get fed? I mean, it's not just I can't. I came up with the cybersecurity stuff back like last year. This now is where's people at? Did I get their names? Do I have their telephone numbers so that people will know who they are so that they can call them? And see, I'll be sitting there and I go, I'm tired. I'm tired of doing spreadsheets and databases and trying to get all this stuff pulled together. And the Lord told me this week, he goes, you're tired because you're not using the people. And I go, but they don't know what they're doing. And he goes, (laughs) he said, maybe not. But you know what? I have a perfection issue because I've been doing this for over 10 years. I've been doing this one tabletop exercise as the lead planner, as the national planner for over 10 years. And I've been doing it by myself until this year. And see, the Lord keeps telling me, you need to just say, well, if it doesn't get done because they don't know what they're doing or they don't know how to do it and you can't explain it to them, then it's just not going to get done. See, these are the kind of things that we have to go and talk to the Lord about. And we have to have a reverence for Him and not just go, I hear you, Lord. I hear you. How many people have told, you know, you have a mom or a dad that says, hey, if you would do this, it would be a whole lot better. And you go, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Everybody. I see, I see some fingers going towards JR right there. But, <laughs> but this is the thing. 
God is no different. God's sitting there going, let's do the right thing. Let's go in the right direction. And we go, yeah, but Lord, I know better. See, reference says that I am going to, that I'm going to not only respect what you say, but I'm also going to love you. I'm going to, I'm going to have a little bit of this, you know, my, my father knows better, right? My father is going to know the best way to go about it. And I'm just going to trust that he's going to do it. See, that's what this was trying to say to the people back when Proverbs 9.10 was written. Is that the reverence of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Why? Because God's going to impart some wisdom to you and you better listen to it because he knows. And he's going to give you the knowledge to how to carry it out. Amen? All right, this word knowledge right here, it just means discernment. It means to learn a skill. He is going to teach you good stuff. Proverbs 2, 5, it says, Then, sh- then shall thou understand the, fa- uh, the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. See, when we understand the fear of the Lord, the reverence of God, then we're going to know his knowledge. We're going to know how he wants to do it. You know that knowing how he does, he wants to do it is going to keep you out of trouble. Lots of it. All right, I'm going to give you kind of the I'm going to give you the negative piece of this. Right, fear of rejection is a prison. In fact, Proverbs twenty nine twenty five. This has to do with men and what they think about us. The fear or the dread of man brings a snare. It it captures us. It imprisons us. But those who uh, put their trust in the Lord shall be safe. You know, I'm going to tell you, we, we have, I have plenty of opportunities for people to give me feedback. I get it all the time. And, you know, feedback, if, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, you get feedback and you think I did a good thing and then all of a sudden you get feedback that says you can be better. It hurts your feelings. How many people have gotten feedback that hurts your feelings? I thought I did the best thing. I was trying to do the best thing for you. I was trying to do the best thing for everybody. I was also trying to do the best thing for me, which sometimes is what I lean more into, is that I'm really trying to do the best thing for me, and as long as it works out for you, we're going to be all right. But I'll get feedback, and it hurts my feelings, right? But see, this is the thing. What men think about us and what men say about us and what men do to us, it brings about a snare. Because you take that feedback and you internalize it. And it sits with you and it sits in the back of your head and it talks to you for, for as long as you, I mean, just talks and talks and talks to you. And I know some people go, well, I just let it go. You don't let it go. Nobody lets it go. There is no way for you to let everything go. People say, well, I don't care. Yes, everybody cares. Everybody cares. Because it either makes them, whoa, what in the world was that? Yeah, I just got attacked by a bug. That was nice. Um, What was I saying? Anyway, goodness. Um, But everybody cares. Everybody wants to be right. Everybody wants people to look at them and say, Dusty, you did a good job, even if you didn't. Everybody wants to go, that was good enough. And see, this is one of the things I think that when we put, you know, 
our snare is trusting and believing and acknowledging what men believe about us over what God says about us. You know, a lot of times we'll sit there and we'll just mull over and over and over and over in our head. Well, I should have said this and I should have done this and I should have. And the shoulda, woulda, couldas will kill you because that's called worry. And your worry will end up putting you in a place of of just bad thoughts, bad, uh, I mean, just a bad place. How many people has done things against people because they got bad feedback? See, what we, what we end up doing is we internalize this and we go, okay, maybe I could have done something better. But what does God say about me? This is not going to be the end of me because I didn't do something that, was, that, that these people didn't like. How many people know that that's the truth? It's not the end of you. But see, we are the ones that worry and internalize and it becomes a snare. It captures us. It imprisons us. You know, fear of accepting the knowledge of men will negate God's word in your life. You can, you can get something from somebody and all of a sudden, what, you know what they're going to do? You're, the moment you get a promise from God, you go, Lord, quit talking to me. I'm still thinking about what they said about me. I've had that happen. I've actually, uh, the scriptures pop up that you can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens you. That's my number one scripture. And then all of a sudden it'll pop up in my head because somebody said, well, you're just, you just didn't think about anybody. You didn't do anything. You, I didn't like what you did. And I go, well, let me just think about that for the next three days. When the Lord's going, Holy Spirit's going, you can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens you. And I go, yes, but I'm trying to think about what they said. <laughs> what? It choked the word out. Absolutely. See, this is one of the things that we need to understand is that when we have this dread that's in our... It's dread. It, it, it's that, you know, I get a knot in the pit of my stomach. And see, we need to love what God says about us more than what people say about us. Psalm 118.6, it says, The Lord is on my side. I will not fear or dread what can man do unto me. See, this is the thing. Every time that we get feedback, we should take good feedback. We should go, Lord, is this, is this correct? I, I will do that a lot of times. I'll go, Lord, is this correct? Do I need to do something? You know, a lot of times the Lord will say, you need to do better. But he also says you can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens you. That he has made you the head, not the tail above only, not beneath. You are an overcomer. Do you know that this is where we need to let the Holy Spirit go, go do better, but you can do better. You know, you can do better is a, is a, a great word from the Lord. You can do better because that means that there is more. There's more for all of, all of us. Amen? Amen? All right. So this is where we're going to end up here in John chapter 4. told you we we're going to get down towards... Just knowing who God is and his love and everything else. And knowing fear. But I want you to understand that God's reverence is because he wanted to put and instill in the children of Israel. And he wanted us to know about the reverence of God. 
So it instills in us that we should look at him as a good father and that whatever he says and wherever he's taken us, that we should listen to him. That's one aspect of what God wants us to understand. But also God wants us to understand his love. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 7, it says, Beloved, let us love. This word is the agape kind of love. It's to choose. It's, it's the smorgasbord. I get to choose anything and I get to choose you. And it says, let us love one another for, for love is of God and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God for God is love. That's a pretty radical, out there, bombastic statement that if you're not loving, if you're not choosing, then you don't know God. For God is love. How many people's taking math? Simple math. Some of y'all go back and take some math, okay? Oh, Amy stuck her hand back up. Okay, good. But see, God is love. What was is in math? Equals. See, God is equal to love. That means that we could synonymously take God's, take God's name and love and use it both together. And that's going to be important because John is making a statement here that he wants to finish out throughout this book because he wants people to understand what he's saying through the word love. Okay? So he just didn't say this in order to go, well, I said it, so let's just move on. He wants you to know something about God and about who he is and about how it implies to what he's saying. So remember, math problem, God equals love. You know, this is one of those things where, you know, when we see the love of God, we can actually say God and love are one, that choosing people that are unchoosable is God. That's one of the reasons why people say the agape word for love is the God kind of love is because it's synonymous with God. And it says right here in verse 9, In this love of God was manifest toward us that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. In this is love, not that we loved, but that he loved us and sent his son to be a propitiation. It means to atone for our sins. And it says, verse 11, beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. See, John said, John wrote, the same John that wrote this, wrote John 3.16. This is John 3.16. This is John uh, 15 and John 20 all just combined all into one. He pulled it together so that everybody would understand that God is love and God didn't look for our love. He came and gave us love when we didn't need, when we didn't even care about love. See, God sent his only begotten son because he loved us and he wanted to be with us. And he sent his son to be propitiation. You know, in John 3, 17, it says that he became a curse, that he came, that Jesus was not only sent, but that he was sent in order to pay for our sins. And see, this right here just kind of sums it up really nicely. But I want you to understand is that 
we ought to have love for one another because we are to see the love of God that was being transposed to us through Jesus. Amen? Does that make sense? All right. Last one right here. Okay, we're going to jump down to verse 17. And it says in John, uh, 1 John 4, 17, it says, Love has been perfected among us in this, that we might have boldness in the day of judgment. This word judgment means to, to in con condemnation or crisis. Now, I want you to understand something. How many people think judgment, no hands. I'm just going to say it, it's, it's rhetorical because I'm going to give you the I'm going to give you the answer. But how many people in your mind believe that this judgment has to do with when we die and we go to heaven? How many people believe this has to do with the judgment that we get from each other and men and the world? Amen. Because of this next verse. It says, because as he is, so are we in the world. There is no fear. This word fear is phobia. It means to have a terror in love, there's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out all fear. Now, I want you to understand something. Because this has to do with us being condemned by the world, this has to do with how we interact with people that are around us, then we need to understand that the only way that we stay out of torment and in the pain and all the other things is that love Cast out all fear. God himself sent his love. Put it in us. And this love is waiting to cast out all of the fear and the judgment. See, we get more fear and judgment from what we see from the world, right? Turn on, the, turn on CNN, Fox News, Newsmax. It doesn't matter who you go find. You're going to find a war that's going on in the Middle East. You've got people, you got people that are preaching this is the end, right? And then you got people over here on the other side that's going, well, all these other things have to happen. You know, at the end of the day, there was about twelve hundred people that lost their lives, was raped and murdered and everything else. See, the world comes in and they go, We're gonna provide fear. You know, we're going to provide all these issues that are in the world. And, you know, the church needs to be providing peace. The church needs to be going and telling people that even though it could be the end, this could be the end. I, I, I don't know. I, you know, the Lord has not told me to go out there and start preaching on revelations for the next, you know, 18 weeks or something. See, I want you to understand something, that, that God himself, all the way up until the end, is love. And then after we're all in heaven, he's love. And for eternity, he's love. And see, God can cast out all fear and all judgment and everything that the world is throwing at us right now. You go, well, Dusty, do I need to worry about any of this stuff? No. If the Lord tells you to go fight, you go fight. If the Lord tells you that you got to go do something, go do it. But this is the thing. It is not going to help you one iota for you to sit there and say, I'm going to know 
and do and act upon things that the world is telling me. Because there's nothing you can do about it. You could take up arms right now and go to Israel. You can go to Ukraine. You can go to all these different places, but it's not going to help. What helps is what the Lord tells you to do. And see, He is love that casts out this fear. We're supposed to lean on Him. We're supposed to know Him greater. It says here, verse 18, it says, There is no fear. There is no terror in love, but but perfect love. That means the completeness of this love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who who fears has not been made perfect or complete in love. We love him because he first loved us. Now I want you to understand something. And and I'm ending right here. And then we're going to go eat some sandwiches. It's going to be awesome. But I want you to understand that in order to understand God's love, we need to understand how to release fear. Not hold on to it. We need to know that God is love. And we need to know that His love towards us is manifesting every day. It'd be just like if (coughs) Heather and I, (coughs) excuse me, (coughs) if Heather and I every day, I come in and I said, Heather, I love you. And I'm going to protect you. And Heather goes, I don't believe you. I don't believe you can love me and I don't believe that you can protect me and I don't believe that it's going to be okay and I don't and I don't and I don't and I don't and I don't. I can have all the arsenals of the world and I can have all the love in my heart for her but if she doesn't receive it, if she doesn't live in it, if she doesn't bask in it, if she doesn't have the reverence To know that this is the right thing and and where we're going in our lives and that then there's nothing I can do to change her mind. I can't force her to love me. You know what? God is the most powerful God. There is nothing above Him. And He created the heavens and the earth. But the moment He gave us will, that became he limited himself to that. How many people have seen um, Bruce Almighty, the, the movie? You know, Jim Carrey's character, he's over there and, and he's talking to Jennifer Aniston and she has decided to leave. And he's going, love me, love me, love me, love me, love me. And she said, I don't anymore. She turns out and walks out. And you know, Morgan Freeman, he comes back and he goes, see, the only thing that you can't get to have happen is to have somebody's will changed. And see, the will of God and your will, that's what, when it comes together, it creates the trust, the belief, the understanding, and the love of God. You've been given such great gifts. And God has created opportunities in your life. But this is the problem. 
if we don't accept them, if we don't receive our gift, then it will stay there unopened. Every head bowed and every eye closed. You know, before I pray for us and, and dismiss us and everything, I want you to take just a second, and I this is a this is is a, a lab, an experiment for just a second. And right now, I just want you to think about what is keeping you from just saying, "I trust you, Lord. I love you, Lord." Is it something that's happened in your past that you can't seem to, I just don't know if I can trust God because all these bad things have happened to me. Or, you know, I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can fully put all of my faith in him because I just, I can't see God doing good for me. If that is you today, then what I want you to do is I want you to I want you to take these scriptures, 1 John chapter 4. I want you to read it from, from chap, uh, the whole chapter. And I want you to understand that God's love for you is so immense. It's so massive. He decided from the very beginning that he was going to give his only begotten son for you. And you say, Dusty, I, I get all that and I've accepted Jesus, but I just don't know. I don't know that I can trust him because he himself, I, I just, I've never seen him do something good in my life. Well, I'm going to tell you, my brothers and my sisters here, God himself has given you so many great opportunities if nothing more, you live in the greatest country that has ever been. You have more freedoms than you've ever had. And the thing that I want you to understand is that God himself needs you to receive his gift. You have to receive it. You have to be the one that says, God, love me and I will receive it. So this week, I want everybody in here, I'm going to do it too. Every morning, I want you to look at yourself in the mirror and I want you to say, you're going to receive from God today. Everybody say that. You're going to receive from God today. This is the way that we start receiving is that we're aware that we may not be receiving, that we may be holding ourselves off, that we may be putting up a barrier or wall because we don't trust and go and work on those things. Go and take them to the Lord. You know, if you have something that happened in your past, somebody abused you, you had a problem, or there was a, a bad job, or, or you got fired, or there was a, a child that had an issue, I just, I want you to start dealing with that with the Lord. And if you need help from us, please let me know. I will help counsel you too, but I want you to understand it first, because you'll never deal with it until you confront it. Father, we come to you in Christ Jesus' name. I just pray over each and every person. I thank you, dear Lord, that you are helping them to see where they need to, the areas in which they're not trusting you and that they're not whole in this love. 
so that they can cast out all the fears that are coming. That hell can be happening around them. And Father, the goodness and the love of God can be happening so much, Father, that, that they, just, they just walk through it. Because it's the valley of the shadow of death. It's not death to them. It may look like death, but they have your rod and your staff. And they comfort each and every one of them. The Holy Spirit himself is on them and in them and working through them. Father, I just want them to know that. Help them to know that. Help cement this into their mind and their will and their emotions and that their heart, their belief system is changed. And Father, we just thank you for it. We pray over this food that we're about to receive. May it nourish our bodies. We thank you for this time of fellowship. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. If anybody needs prayer for anything, I will be down here at the front. But you are dismissed. Please go out and enjoy the fellowship. Amen.